0: Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. All right, we're going to talk Orlando Magic for the first time in 2024, season number 35 for the Magic Men. And we bring back an old friend from covering UCF for the Sentinel, as well as being one of our longtime panelists on our UCF football roundtable. He is now the man covering the beat of the Orlando Magic for the Sentinel. Jason Beatty is here. Jason, thanks for being here.
1: It's great to be on Talking Magic. Yeah, such a ab- good theme song. Such a good song.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is uh, <laughs> the that is the uh, the OG theme song right there. So there you go. Hard to believe it's been thirty five years already. So that's uh, a uh, pretty pretty crazy stuff. So before we dig into the magic, so you're number one of you being on the beat, how's that going? Are there things that have surprised you? about covering NBA basketball, anything that stands out uh, uh, that's been unusual or anything you know that you found very exciting?
1: Yeah, perhaps the biggest change, I think, you know, from college athletics, not just UCF specifically, but as well as UCF, is the amount of access you have in the NBA. Um, the media is not like we weren't well-respected in college landscape, but it's such a different realm when you're dealing with, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of money in college athletics nowadays, but professional athletes, especially, and, and the rules and and just the uh, relationship between beat writers and players and coaches. And, uh, you know, we, we speak with Jamal Mosley uh, three times on a game day. I mean, we spoke to Gus Malzahn once, once or twice a week. So uh, to go from uh, <clears throat> such restrictive access to, you know, I see Jamal Mosley almost too many times in a week uh, <laughs> as a good thing. But uh, to go from that to this is, is uh, pretty remarkable and just have locker room access pregame, postgame. Uh, you know, they really let you, you know, get to know these players and, and tell their stories and, and write about them and then just get some really good information from them. So uh, that's probably been the biggest thing that I'm still getting used to and still taking advantage of and still learning how to use and, uh, to write stories and report and whatnot about the magic. So, um, you know, beyond that, the travel of course has been grueling at times. I've gone on uh, a handful of trips now at this point, we're about halfway through the season. And, uh, you know, I I was privileged growing up traveling with my family on vacation and whatnot. And of course I traveled quite a bit on the UCF beat, but, uh, I can tell you this right now, going, uh, from city to city, back to back games, back to back nights in different cities. Uh, I've done three of those now, back to back in Brooklyn, back in Chicago, uh, getting from Miami to Oklahoma City. There's another one in there that it's grueling. Uh, that that is that is really tough because you know we're, even though we're uh, working the NBA, we're not on the private jets or the private planes that the players stay in. You know, it's it's late nights, early mornings, getting to another city, but. Uh, you know, what comes with that is visiting awesome cities, being inside some really cool arenas meeting and talking with uh, other beat reporters and networking. And uh, I think really life on the road uh, allows you to do your job in such a different way. I mean, players really respect you and and that connection just grows deeper. You know, when they're in the road locker room or the road hallways and whatnot, they, they understand that you're along for the ride with them. And um, so that aspect has been great. And, um, Nothing has been too surprising. I mean, you know, before I took the job, I, I spoke with our past Magic writer, Kobe Price, who did a fantastic job and who's who's kicking butt out in Los Angeles right now. Um, so I had an understanding of it uh, in terms of the logistics of it. Of course, I'm still learning so much about writing the NBA, writing about the Magic, and, and just, uh, you know, the ins and outs of whatnot and some, uh, you know, the game itself. I'm continuing to learn so much. So uh, I've really, really enjoyed it. It's, it's everything I wanted and more.
0: That's pretty awesome, and, you know. And you know, I covered the magic in the radio days of, of my career, and that was just covering home games. And just the sheer volume of games, like you get to around game forty of the home schedule, and you know, and I'm, and I'm feeling kind of like, oh, we got to do this again. But then I sit there and realize, you know, back then we got to sit baseline, and it's like. You know, people would probably do this for free, so right. I, I should I should be thankful for what I got. But that's, the sheer volume of games is pretty yeah. impressive.
1: That's the biggest thing I always remind myself. You know, where I'm at every single game, almost every single home game, and and about a half the road games. Every time I'm there, daily, nightly, whatever it may be, you know, there there's a fan in attendance for the very first time, or or, or these their season ticket holders, or whatever it might be. So. Uh, what might be a work average night for me is is a special night in the n b a for fans across the league and especially at Kia Center in orlando so um you know with that mindset it's it 's what is it well what, what was the old slogan where where amazing happens every day or something yeah, like that yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's it 's those types of reminders that uh you know obviously i i 'm really loving it and having a lot of fun doing it, even though at times it is grueling yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about the Magic season so far, 23-21, and 21, right now sitting in the eighth slot in the Eastern Conference. What is your assessment of the season to date?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. I think entering this season, um, the majority of the fan base thought, you know, this is a year where the Magic could take that step to get into the playoff, potentially even the playoffs. I mean, after Paolo Banqueira's rookie year, uh, and the rookie, year, rookie of the year campaign he put together, you know, everyone got older. They didn't add a whole lot. They didn't make a whole lot of changes. They drafted Anthony Black and Jed Howard, and they added a veteran and in Joe Ingles. And um, you look at the roster continuity and chemistry. I think that's a real thing. And and of course Jamal Mosley being in his third season, so it felt like you know this is a team that was you already kind of saw in the second half of last season when Markel Folds returned and they got healthy again. Hey, this is a team that's going to be legit and make a push to the playoffs. And I think that's where they still are. Um the nine game winning streak that they had early in the season maybe uh accelerated that uh then the thoughts of what was possible this season and now that you know things have come back down a little bit, um, you know, some fans are frustrated and whatnot, but um you know, still it's it's still a successful season. The fact that Palo Bankara was on his way to becoming an all-star, uh they're they're still right in the thick of it for the playoffs. You know, of course they still have some things to figure out and'll we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. but um, they they should be a playoff team. they should uh, you know be able to reach postseason basketball for the first time in a few years after you know going through what has been such a tough rebuild again.
0: Yeah, and you look at this team and you you, you know like a lot of young teams they may have one or two pieces. This is a young team with a lot of pieces.
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I mentioned Paolo, Franz Wagner. Uh, Jalen Suggs, Wendell Carter, Markel Fultz. Uh, you know, I mentioned Joe Ingles and Anthony black and the role he's played and Google Bataze, role he's played. And, uh, something we hear over and over again, uh, from, from Jamal Mosley is it's by committee. And and we've seen that, you know, been put to its test multiple times. You know, they've gone through a stretch now they're starting to get healthy again. They're only missing Gary Harris and, and still dealing with Fultz and Jonathan Isaac and, uh, you know when they're not available on back to backs and, and whatnots, but um, some of these guys coming off the bench were starters. I mean, Caleb, Houston, and Chuma KK were getting legitimate minutes because of the injuries as they started to pile up, and we really saw Orlando's depth, you know, at uh, being so important when they were the last few weeks. And as they start to get healthy again, they're reworking their rotations and the lineups and whatnot. But um, yeah, absolutely, they they have a lot of young pieces that can do different things and. Just a really athletic team that really believes in Jamal Mosley and, and respects him.
0: And of course, you talked about uh, Ben Caro, and you know he's leading the team in points, rebounds, assists. Coming off rookie of the year, he's blossoming into a real superstar. And uh, it's kind of kind of cool to see that they that they have a, a lead guy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's if it's not obvious if it wasn't obvious on last season, it's really obvious now that they have that type of dude in the locker room, and that changes your whole outlook on. Uh, you know, the future short-term and both long-term, that you know that, hey, we drafted correctly at number one overall. Uh, He's our guy, and and he's shown it over and over again. You know, recently Franz Wagner made his return to the court, but when he went down, Paolo's usage went up, way, way up. They were both around 22%, 23%, and Paolo's usage was in the 30s. And what was impressive was he didn't drop in efficiency. You know, obviously one of the knocks on Paolo is he's not uh, the most efficient shooter, but his efficiency actually increased slightly when Franz was gone he was you know, the night Franz Wagner sprained his right ankle in Sacramento he put up 43 points two games two games later against the Denver Nuggets defending NBA champions he recorded his first triple-double so Paolo is is that guy and and he's going to be that guy and it's just really impressive to see him uh you know do so much for this team in, in so many different ways when he's even when he doesn't have a, a high shooting night, he's he still continues to impact the game. I mean, Jamal's talked about this before where he is their game he is opposing team's game. Nights. I mean, we see it time and time again. He's double teamed he's triple teamed, and, and he's still uh you know, he's still figuring things out. He's just he's just in the second season. He's only twenty one years old. Um, but it's it's really impressive what Powell's doing this season.
0: Yeah, not a lot of guys who get that kind of attention dish out nearly five assists a game. <laughs> right. So yeah.
1: right. No, it's it's impressive that the playmaking, what he does. Uh, his, his vision on the court. It was something he and I talked about recently that I'm going to be writing about soon. Just, you mentioned it, his ability to, you know, look around the court and say, hey, I'm getting double teamed. There's probably someone else here. I need to, I need to get to my guys. And, uh, you know, the key for the magic, of course, is hitting those open shots. It's something they've struggled with, but uh, it's an area that they're continuing to get better in.
0: Who would you say is, like, the unsung most unsung guy on the team?
1: Probably the most unsung guy is... Uh, Wendell Carter almost um, and I say he's only unsung because he was gone you know for so many games obviously Gogo Batase, uh did did such an important you know such a good job stepping in at times and and of course Mo Wagner as well um, but when Wendell was gone there were just so many times where you could feel his presence being missed as a playmaker and his understanding his knowledge of the court his basketball IQ was missed um, and we've talked about it with Jamal Mosley is Wendell, he doesn't show it a whole lot. I've seen it a handful of times. His his uh, ability to you know step up as a leader and be vocal and, and his uh, personality really shines through sometimes. Where you know if he if he says something or does something a certain way, the rest of the team's gonna follow. So you know where you know everyone thinks about Franz and Power, I think Wendell Carter is a, is a foundational piece of just as much as they are. And uh, the only reason he's unsung, in my view, is just because of uh, his his lack of a. Availability of the season, uh, but we've we've seen since he's come back as he's continued to work back from the fractured left hand and his left knee and his right knee tendonitis. My bad. Um, it, it's 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 clear how special a player he can be for this team and how important he is on both ends as as the center of their defense and uh, just to you know helps helps navigate on offense as well.
0: And of course, uh, you know Jonathan Isaac, and to say his career has been injury riddled would be an understatement. Uh, but we've seen glimpses of him through his career, what he can be, and what he can do. He's an intriguing story to me as far as how things unfold this season.
1: Yeah, it's it's remarkable. I I don't think there's any other player like him. Um, number one because of what he's gone through, and number two the fact that he's still such a an elite defender. Um, you know, the, and what he can do in 10 or 12, 14 minutes, uh, it's it's just, it's really special. I mean, he chases down basketballs, chases down rebounds, chases down blocks, and uh, he's defending, you know, he's being put on Giannis Antetokounmpo or Jason Tatum or or, or even smaller players, smaller guards, even. He's, he's, when he's out there, he's probably defending the best player for the reason. Mm-hmm. And and his impact that he has on both ends, he's just so special. It's, it's unfortunate that... You know they're they're still beginning to ramp up his minutes and, and get him to a point where he can play not just impactful minutes but <clears throat> over a longer <clears throat> over a longer course of the game uh, and, and stay and 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 you know have a larger impact and more than just what he already has. But um, yeah, he's he's just an elite defender and, and probably one of the best defenders in the league with with the minutes he plays.
0: Yeah, that is pretty impressive stuff. So, what works for Jamal Mosley? What do you think is uh, his secret sauce, if you will?
1: Yeah, I think Jamal is interesting where he's a young coach, um, but he's worked for mentors that have helped him along the way under, like, you know, Rick Carlisle and some of these other coaches and whatnot, and just the stops he's made. Um, it, it seems as though, like, even though he is, he's young himself for an NBA coach, his roster's young, um, he's found a way for them to buy in. And you don't, you know, with young teams, you know, you look at the Pacers, their scoring is off the charts. Young teams aren't supposed to defend well. And obviously they have someone like Jonathan Isaac, who's been around a little bit and they have a couple, just literally two other guys above the age of 36 and Gary Harris and Joe Ingles. Um young teams aren't supposed to defend at such a high level. And, and we're halfway through the season and the magic was still, you know, top eight or top 10, whatever it is in defensive ratings. So um, for them to buy into him just shows the respect that they have in him and the trust they have in him. And I think, you know, Franz Wagner recently was on junior Reddick's podcast and described it as the ultimate players coach. We asked him what that means and he wasn't really sure exactly, but I think the biggest thing is he never asked his players to do something that he wouldn't. And I think there's just a mutual respect and uh, also a level of seriousness that, you know, Hey, we're going to defend and play defense really well. And then that's going to be, you know, what we hang our hat on and, um, I, I think on the opposite side of that, he's just really charismatic, genuine person. In my experience that I've dealt with him, um, and and the players respect him. And you hear other players, you know, we were just in Atlanta. Jazante Murray, after hitting the game winner over the Magic, said, you know, their coach did a really great job tonight. So uh, he's beginning to earn the respect of of other players and coaches in the league, and just like the rest of the Magic are as well.
0: Are you surprised the Magic are still somewhat under the radar nationally speaking? Uh,
1: it's it's a little it's it's for me as someone um who who you know obviously I followed the NBA before I got on the speed, but now that I'm in the thick of it with the different media members and whatnot, it's interesting to see um you know which players and what teams and how they make that sauce to to generate uh, interest in the league and whatnot. You, you know, you look at what the Spurs are doing. Obviously, Victor Bumignama is, is a generational player. You would think Paolo Banchero, rookie of the year, and what the Magic have done would get more than one national TV game. Um, of course, you have to earn that. You have to get, uh, you know, you have to, you have to win. Um, but with the Spurs and, and their records, it's I understand Bumignama is who he is. Um, but it's, it's 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 interesting to see that now that I'm inside of the locker room and in the league and, and around those um, <clears throat> that cover the league as well. But um, I think slowly and surely they're getting there. Um, you know, obviously we have the All-Star game coming up, and then Paolo Banqueiro should be at, in Indianapolis. That would be really surprising if he wasn't. But um, I, I think uh, slowly and surely the Magic are definitely getting there. But um, it is interesting to see how it all unfolds, you know, how the how the meat's made.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this too. You know, like typically November, December – you know, a lot of people get, get hyped, especially around Christmas time, of what their teams are. I'm kind of a February guy. You know, what what does this team look like in February? So if you were to look ahead, you know, what do you think to all you all use a bad Michael Jordan phrase, what do you think the ceiling is the roof <laughs> for this team? Yeah, it's
1: interesting. I think uh, you know, they're they're right now if the playoffs or the postseason were to start today, they'd be in the play and I, I still think that's probably where they end up obviously they do have a chance they do have a legitimate chance um you know to to be a to be even as high as the five seed i'd say i think the six seed would be the ultimate goal to avoid the play in but at the same time you know that play in atmosphere that one game you know win or go home obviously i guess if you're the seven or eight seed you you even if you lose you play another game but um that that mindset would be good for this team as well um i think reaching the playoffs in general is is, is, would be tremendous for Paolo and Franz and Jalen and, uh, some of these guys on the team to, to see that atmosphere. And they've gone through, you know, Boston and then faced against Denver and seen what that's like, of course. But, um, you know, you look at the schedule, they have one of the easiest, if not the easiest remaining schedules in the league. Of course, it's the NBA and everyone's talented. And then as we've seen, uh, it just, just because the strength of schedules there doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to win, but, uh, they do have the easiest schedule remaining, and they have a lot of home games left. You know, they're they're coming up on a stretch of a couple more road games, but I think they have an eight game home stand uh, near the end of the season. That's going to help get a lot of wins. They've been pretty good at home this season, um, and and of course as they you know work Marquel Foltz and Wendell Carter and even Franz Wagner back into the starting lineup, they're going to get back to what worked well against the Miami Heat the other night, and, and not. Uh, the following night when they gave up 126 (laughs) points. But uh, it's, it's interesting to see how this team grows and, you know, it's, it's, it's a group that's learning how to win and learning how to consistently win. It's all part of the process. It's exciting to watch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned that, you know, that, that, that game, you know, there's just some games, there's just some nights, it ain't happening, right? Yeah, just, it's just not happening, yeah, yep. It definitely uh, it occurs a little more often than, we, than we'd than like it to. But, <laughs> you know, and we mentioned, you know, this team and how stacked it is with so many pieces. And I know we don't want to look too far beyond this year, but how many players do they have under control for a good period of time? Uh, you know, this could be something they could develop into a kind of a, you know, a several-year run, we'd think.
1: Right, and they they have they're going to have a lot of cap space going into the summer. It's going to be interesting to see if they decide to, you know, hey, we we have a, we have a chance to the playoffs. Let's add another piece of the before the trade deadline. Uh, there's a lot of Magic fans who think that's possible. I, I think it's certainly possible. Obviously, we know they need consistent shooting, and and um, you know, some there's a there's a divide between fans about Markel Fultz and his availability and what he can do. It's obviously he's clearly an important piece to this team when he's on the court. Uh, which unfortunately doesn't happen as, opt- as, as often as they like it to. But, uh, you know, heading into the summer, regardless of what they do at the deadline, um, you know, you're, you're building this team around Paolo and Franz and Jalen and Wendell. And, uh, you know, they're, they're foundational pieces, of course. And to have a guard like Anthony Black get this type of experience in his rookie year, filling in for Markel Fultz was, I think, in the long run, going to be really beneficial, of course. Um, but they have a lot of cap space. Yeah, you, you know, you have to make a decision about Foltz If you don't trade him, um, he's gonna, you know, he needs an extension of some sort. And you always have to decide about Jonathan Isaac, and, and if you want to keep him around league longer. So um, they do have some key decisions to make. But they have, of course, I think again going back to getting that type of guy in Paolo Bancaro. Uh, it's it's easy to build a team around him, and of course Franz Wagner. You know, those two guys are the the prototypes of the future of the NBA and to have two of them uh, says something about, you know, the ability of the organization to find guys and draft the right guys.
0: Yeah. And I think it's kind of, you know, been the trend over, over the years in the NBA. It's kind of like you have like three, a three, a three man guy or three man rotation or whatever y'all want to, whatever word I'm trying to say here. Uh, You know, you had the three guys who were basically your dudes, right? So, you know, having, that third dude is probably yes. probably yes. the 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 element that helps springboard them farther.
1: Absolutely, and, and and at this point in this team, um, I think they have, like you said, Powell and, and Fonz are the two guys, and they're trying to find that third, maybe even the fourth guy. But right now, where they stand, it's why Jamal says all the time they're doing it by committee. Everyone seems to play an important role, whether it's Cole Anthony scoring like, coming off the bench, Joe Ingles coming off the bench and offering that veteran presence, and. Uh, you know, at times we've seen Caleb Houston, you know, and Chuma Okeke shoot shoot well from three. But, um, you know, in terms of building a the contender, they're gonna have to, you know, uh, potentially make some moves and, and try to continue to build around Powell and France.
0: All right, before I let you go, of course, you're a proud UCF alum. How you liking this Big Twelve basketball season so far?
1: I actually was in attendance for that Kansas game. I got to storm the court. Nice. Uh, that was uh, that was pretty awesome. It was I don't know what the West Virginia score is, but uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how how the season goes.
0: Fourteen uh, seven Knights lead uh, with eleven minutes to go in the first half. For, All right, well let's
1: see if that if that was <clears throat> if that result holds. Man, yep. For me, as someone who has a close relationship with Johnny Dawkins from covering him, uh, it's it's I'm happy to see success and things start to you know go together in the Big Twelves, the biggest, the toughest basketball conference in the country. I love the fronds from Jimmy Skiles and uh, some of the ideas there and uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if they can get themselves down the mix
0: for Mark Madness. Yeah, and you know what? I tell you what, the Johnny Dawkins celebration after the can I wanna see more of that. That that was awesome right. stuff. Right. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Well Jason, as always, we appreciate you uh hopping on with us and uh please uh plug your uh magic coverage for the Orlando Sentinel.
1: Yeah, well, com is where you can find all my work. Of course, we do still have a print product. You can pick that up at all your local uh, publics and whatnot, where usually I go. But of course, di- digital is the way nowadays. So follow me on Twitter, or I guess X is now what the kids call it. I still call it uh, Twitter. <laughs> at at therealBD on Twitter. And uh, you can follow me all, all for all, me, all the magic insider information online.
0: That's awesome. Jason, thanks again, man. Appreciate it.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you.